Moms are hardcore. Hi, I am Rachel. And I am the winner of season one of Works Cook in America. And I am Debbie, and I am not the season one winner of Works Cooks in America. And welcome to Town. Um, so yeah, so we were trying out a little bit of a new opening today because somebody DM'd us, which is very exciting, as we're always asking people to, yeah. and um, said that uh, it's not always easy to tell who is who. Yeah, shout out to Lee. Thank you for <laughs> suggesting. Thank you, Lee. And I guess like I should have like every I actually had thought about that before because like every podcast I listen to, they introduce themselves at the beginning. Um, but I don't know. I didn't think about that. And like, obviously, I understand why people would have a hard time telling us apart. We're just both very like shrill Jews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it, we are kind of indistinguishable for a lot of things. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I've said it before where I think we're very different because I am me. So I see the differences. But then um, I like was showing someone a picture of you and they were like, stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, how is that not your sister or whatever? Yeah, you know? I get that all so much. <laughs> um, and, you know, we just found each other via the magic of the Internet. Oh, what a wonderful place. Which is pretty funny. Um, how are you doing, Debbie? I'm doing, I'm doing, uh, good. Uh, you know, it's end of summer, it, you know, which is a little like bittersweet. I know it's like a completely bullshit, like after Labor Day, it's end of summer, but it, even though it's not really, and, and, but, you know, Charlie's starting preschool on Thursday. And then we're going to go to Diggerland on Saturday to celebrate. Ooh. Very excited about that. I don't know that. What is Diggerland? So Diggerland is, it's in South Jersey by Philly. And it's a construction themed theme park. Wow. Yeah. And I haven't been, um, this, it's a trip that was organized a bunch of, by a bunch of um, other moms in the neighborhood that we're all friends with. And, but you, yeah, you get to ride construction equipment you don't have to be osha certified (laughs) Um, and uh there's also a water park attached and they're actually keeping it open past labor day so we're all going down um we 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 got a hotel uh the hotel because there's eight families going the hotel agreed to keep their outdoor pool open for us Oh, my God. So it's going to be pretty epic. <laughs> well, so, well, first of all, I have two things to say. First of all, um, when you said the OSHA certified thing, that's very funny because um, Spencer, my husband, works at um, a warehouse mm-hmm. and he drives a forklift there. And whenever Sheena goes to visit him at work, we always put her in the forklift. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I mean, she don't, we don't turn it on. She doesn't actually drive it, but we always put her in there. And it's like, always like the little joke. Oh, she's not certified. Um, But she does. I I should put a picture of that. um, Yes, for sure. uh, On our Instagram, because we have like pictures of Sheena in this forklift from like every year of her life. It's very cute. (laughs) Um, And of course she loves it, you know, but it's like. 
um, obviously maybe dangerous, but it's never turned on. (laughs) And, um, but then also I think I was thinking about this, that like, this needs to like this tradition of pools closing and Labor Day needs to stop. Yeah, completely. Climate warning. uh, Oh, my God. My brain. (laughs) Global warming, (laughs) baby. Uh, Exactly. I mean, first of all, September is always usually pretty hot still, even pre-global warming. But like this week is hotter than last week. Um, and it's September. And, uh, so my, uh, my mom sent an email today because my mom was, my mom's condo has a pool and she's like, oh, you have to come up on Labor Day weekend. It's the last week and the pool is open. And then she forwarded an email that her, uh, condo is keeping the pool open for two more weeks. Oh, good. Okay. Um, so yeah, but it's just like, everyone is like doing this thing you're talking about where they're like, okay, we decided to keep it open past Labor Day just this once, but it's like, we have to change this arbitrary date where i mean i think that it's like cool that like some things like can change after labor day but pools should stay open (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna run on that platform the pools must stay open i think i agree kids can go back to school whatever but in new york and that's another thing i was gonna say is that you mentioned charlie starting uh school this week and all kids in new york are um, but I always like forget that because I'm from New York my whole life. We always start after Labor Day. Yeah. Um, and then, um, but like so many places else in the country, they start like the last two weeks of August. It's so weird to it's me. It's so weird. I'm like, what are you doing to these poor kids? <laughs> like, it makes so much sense. Like, I, I understand they get out in May, but like for me, it just makes so much sense. Like, yeah, school starts in September. That's like the school month, you know? Right. Right. That's what you see the pencil decorations on everything. That is exactly what I was just going to (laughs) say. If you find a little cute picture of a cat holding a pencil, that is for September. Right. Right. (laughs) Apple. Get an apple and a pencil. Yeah. A dog with a notepad. You know, these things are classic September things. Right. Um, Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing? I am good. Um, I feel like that there was something I was going to tell you about, but right before this podcast, what happened was um, there was a huge fight outside my apartment. (gasps) It was very New York. Um, There was like two cars on either side of a parking spot and (laughs) they were, they got out, they were screaming Uh at one point. One of the women started filming and a guy tried to grab her phone and everyone got so, yeah, it got like really heated. And then one of the guys uh, at one point just like was like, fuck this. And he got into his car and like backed into the spot they were fighting over. But (laughs) one of the women was like standing, like trying to like push his car. Um, And like, she could have like gotten run over, but she was obviously doing it like performative where she was like moving with the car, but it was a whole thing. (laughs) We always got into one of those fights. uh, Not really, but over uh, on, we were at the beach on Sunday in the Rockaways and we kind of did the same thing. Like not really, but so, you know, the Rockaways, it's hard to park over there for free. You know, everybody takes the free spots and we saw a spot. We were on the same side as the spot, not realizing that somebody up ahead was doing a Yui 
to oh yeah to get in that spot. So we saw him in the car being like, you know, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, thankfully, everything was cool. But I mean, did you? It sounds like you should have gotten the spot though. Did you get the spot? No, we let him take it because, like, he was clearly he clearly saw the spot before we did. Okay, I still feel like that if you have to do a U turn. And the spots taken by the time you get back, that's the risk you take, is my opinion. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. But, you know, I mean, I think I've noticed, like, since having kids, I'm less uh, inclined to fight over a parking spot. I almost, there was one night um, I couldn't find street parking and it was like nine o'clock at night. And I'm like trying to get the kids into bed. And this guy like wouldn't move up just like he was like, he just parked and wouldn't move up like a couple more inches so that I yeah. could fit in there too, you know? And he had like one of those big stupid fucking cars. And, um, I got out of the car and was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> um, you know, and he, the he, mom <laughs> adrenaline. <laughs> right. 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 But it was just like, what was I going to do? I'm a dinky little person. And, and this guy was like in an escalate. <laughs> like, <laughs> did he, did he move though? No. Oh. <laughs> but again, it was like so late. I was like, I can't even like bother to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do this. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, these people were in a screaming match for 15 minutes oh and uh, like probably 15. And like the uh, this street that I'm on, it's like not that bad for parking. So like if you like did a lap, you probably find another spot. It's not right. like a crazy like the Rockaways are harder than it is here. Um, and I'm just imagining like people who are not from New York listening to this and being like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, New York parking is very serious business. And also, um, I, I know that me and Debbie probably shouldn't have cars, but we need them for the kids. And, uh, I would love to not have one. (laughs) Yes. You know, this is what I say. And it's the same argument for like my sort of shopping addiction is, There's no ethical consumption under capitalism, just like there's no, like, if the infrastructure was better on the MTA. Yes. If they followed through with that Brooklyn to Queens um, subway line that Hochul started talking about, and I haven't heard about it since. Like, there's so many things they maintained. I just found out the other day that the London Tube Wait, was that talking to you? The London Tube is older. It's like 20 years older than the subway and runs oh, really? so much better because wow. they actually give a shit about their infrastructure. So, <laughs> Well, I also was going to say the other number one infrastructure thing that we need to be better to not have cars is childcare. Yes. Um, because uh, we have to drive Sheena to, to daycare, you know, and um, it'd be great if we didn't have to do that. Yes. Agreed. Okay, so one more thing I want to talk about, and then we'll do the bear season finale. Um, and that is, I feel like we cannot be in Flavortown and not mention the Smash Mouth guy, rest in peace. Rest you know? in peace, I know. And Guy was really our guy guy. I mean, when we talked about like what kind of theme music we should have for this podcast, you were like, I feel like it should sound like Smash Mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that like Smash Mouth is like the butt of every joke, but also those songs, they are they're they are legit bangers, yeah. you know? Like there's a reason they were so ubiquitous enough to be a joke, you know. Agreed. 
Um, and I know they're funny and we can laugh at them, but like, it's like, they are such like cultural icons. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone knows what happens next when you say somebody, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like you, you instantly connect that voice. Like, yes, he had such a very particular voice that was great and fun and very late nineties and and like kind of like what we were talking about last week is that like it's like a little bit like ska adjacent, you yes. know? <laughs> exactly. It's not really ska, but it has like some of like the uh some of the feeling of ska, yeah. you know? It's like a cosmic gumbo of ska. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's like I feel like it's the same way how like, you know, like we can all laugh at Guy Theory and be like, oh ha ha, he's so funny, he's got silly hair, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's just like, likes, you know, like crazy food, but then everyone loves Guy Fieri, you know, it's like, so it's kind of similar. So I, yeah. And I know the guy is sad and, you know, it also is always sad when someone dies like pretty young. Um, and apparently had like a rare medical thing or whatever, but we don't have to, I guess, go into it. So sorry about that, but rest in peace. And, uh, thank you for, uh, Thank you for some iconic songs. Yeah. And like the image of Shrek that only comes up in my head when I. (laughs) Exactly. Well, Shrek is like a similar icon to Guy Fieri. (laughs) Right. Right. It's like we all laugh at him, but he's beloved, you know? Right. Um, So, yeah, all these things in my mind together. Flavor Town, Shrek, Smash Mouth. Yeah. So anyway, this is our last episode of The Bear. What an amazing season. Holy shit. It was so good. It really, um, it's really, uh, every time I finish a season of TV, and I know this is like, most of you finished The Bear like months ago, so I know this is old news, but I just get so depressed about the writer's strike. Yeah. um, Because it's just going to be longer than it would have to be if these Fat cats yeah, <laughs> in their <true>. penthouse. <laughs> We're trying to bleed us dry. The people that bring us these amazing TV shows, you exactly. know. Exactly, and you know what? I'm really sad about. I sometimes think, is it going to survive the strike? Exactly. You know? No, all my favorite shows. I'm like, some of them are not going to come back. It's true. Like, I just can't help but thinking about like in like the days before streaming. Do you remember when if like someone wanted to make like a weird TV show, it was like a weird web series yeah. <laughs> and you could only find out about it if someone you knew like sent you a link or something, right, right. you know, and um, there were so many of those shows that like me and my friends were like obsessed with, but I feel like now because of streaming, like all those shows have gotten to be like on TV, right? you know, um, even though it's just online, but it's like. You know, I feel like I'm just I'm yeah, I'm scared because we do live in a great age of content. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing that makes my life easier um, is that uh, I know that they will never stop making bachelors. (laughs) (laughs) Those people are not uh, WGA or SAG after us. Although Bethany Frankel. Exactly. Yeah, they are. It is possible, but they are not on strike yet um for any of those people so they're still i still have my shows coming there but i am scared about it especially like the bear like i wouldn't say and we'll talk about it, obviously that it ended on like a big cliffhanger because like it it is still like a great like contained season 
but it still is a cliffhanger. You know, you're still like, what's going to happen to these people? Yeah. Like it's more of like an emotional cliffhanger, you know, like (laughs) what is going to happen with these people's emotions, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, which I like, which is different than like severance, which I need to know what is literally going to happen next, you know? Yeah, exactly. And we'll probably never, God, that, I think that severance will, I think they'll do, I mean, Apple TV, if it's going to survive, they only have like a couple of things, yeah, whatever. That's true. (laughs) And and it did end long before the strike. So there probably are some episodes written. Well, no, they actually, I, I actually, I've been done with the rabbit hole on this because I was really depressed about it. And the season is like 75% shot. Oh. It's like, Yeah. It's not just written. It's like almost all done shooting. Wow. So, yeah. So, like, for them to cancel that, it would have to be pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's what I need to hear. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's talk <laughs> about the fair because we've already been on for a little bit. Um, and it is our last episode of The Bear. So, we open up. And it's after the last episode ended when they opened the doors or whatever. So Sid is like yelling out the orders. It's like pretty calm. Everything seems like it's going good. Um, Like Sid seems like she's calm and good. It's like busy. You know, it didn't like start out of shit. It's not your usual bear where everyone's screaming. Right. Um, She's like, it's like very rhythmic. You know, she keeps like saying all the orders. She keeps saying like, let's get this focaccia walking. Yeah. Um, the focaccia looks great. I would love Ugh. to have that bread come out to me on a plate like that. Um, it was like tucked into a little napkin. It looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, Sid is complaining to Carmi that they're seeding too many six tops. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like we're in like the back and like everything's like going smoothly. And then like the server brings out the order and you like see the bear. Yeah. Um, and oh, it's like beautiful. Sorry. Yes. Well, yeah, okay. go on. This is, I already have a critique and I just remember like saying this to John. If this was family, if this was a soft opening for family and friends, it's weird that they kind of like opened it up as like in Top Chef with restaurant wars. Yes. You know what I mean? Like they would have staggered better. There weren't, wouldn't have been any confusion about the six tops. Yes. And I mean, we kept talking, me and Spencer, like, this is just like restaurant wars. Yeah. <laughs> make or break their career. Because, yeah, like, they could have just had, like, a, like, like literally two tables come in for a practice service or something, you know, like right. before. Yeah. Or, like, just stagger, yeah, like, stagger them. Say, you know, tell, I, you know, your friends are excited because they're excited. They'll, they'll respect the, you yes. know, reservation totally. times. I do think in some ways this would have been like a more believable if this was like the actual opening, not the friends and family. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Also, um, uh, one thing that uh, Spencer kept saying, and I agree with, is that the music was like in the restaurant was like very hip, but it was like a little bit. It didn't feel like Michelin star, you know? Yeah, I, I thought it was a little too, um, like, upbeat and stuff, too. Yeah, like, like, exactly. It felt like what you'd hear, like, a cool, divey cocktail bar. Yes. Not like, you know, like a hip bar, but not like fine dining restaurant. Right. Um, but anyway, so we see the outside of, we see the, where everyone's sitting. Um, I have to say, and we'll talk about it a lot, but I love that our boy Pete got to shine in this episode. Oh my God, <laughs> totally. 
I just didn't know that like kind of shocked me. And I was so happy because like, I didn't know if Pete would ever get like an episode, right? you know, like he's always like this, like little kind of like dopey guy that comes in for a scene and everyone, like he's a beloved character, but yeah. he's like, you know, he's like his whole point, And that's the point of this episode is he's like not part of the drama. And it's like, that's why sugar loves him. But also it's like, why he's like kind of like a doofus, you know, because right. he's like, he's a, just a regular guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he doesn't have all drama, but anyway, so Nat goes up to Pete, asks him what he thinks. He says, uh, and then Nat says, do you think, um, do you think she'll like it? And he says, she's going to love it, but you can tell he's like nervous about it. Yeah. You know, like Pete is really nervous about, he knows what happens when Nat and Donna get together. He's like not looking forward to it. Right. Um, Cicero says everything is fantastic and tells Richie he's looking great. Um, the other fact from Christmas is there. <laughs> and we didn't get to see Franzi fact. I know. I'm so <laughs> mad. I hope if, okay, I hope of two outcomes if Ryder Strike you know, pending, but I hope we either meet her or the writers will tell us who they had in mind when they were like writing this dialogue. Yes. Well, I mean, I feel like we, like, we need to meet her. It's like, yeah. you can't, the writers in the show were like too good to like put that in and then not meet her. Right. So we'll see what happens. Maybe, and they have done things like that before in the show where like they mentioned something, it doesn't come back. When you think it will, and then it does come back later. So, right, right. Um, Richie's talking to Claire and her friend. Um, Claire tells Richie that Carmi loves him very much, which is so sweet. Um, Sid's dad is there. He says it's really something he's blown away. And Richie says Sid is very important to him. Um, and I just love that, like, that, like, you know, like Richie loves Sid, and it's just like very, like, you know, they're, they're this family. Yeah. Um, Sid's dad doesn't drink. Mm -hmm. And Richie says, we're well aware. And then Fack approaches like a big soda cart. Yeah. Um, cart. That, yes. Thing. Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> um, excuse me. I don't know the local vernacular. <laughs> Back in the kitchen, Josh is missing, which is the first time we hear about this. Carmi takes over for him. They're low on forks. There's the fork theme throughout the season. So I have a thousand notes. And I'm just going to, we'll get through them and we'll just talk when we talk. Yeah. Um, Nat is asking Pete what the odds are of her mom showing. And Pete says the place is amazing. He's like changing the subject. He's like trying to get her to not expect Donna. Um, he's like, he's, he's uncomfortable. But then he says there's a 75% chance she doesn't show. Um, and I like feel for Pete here, you know, cause it's like, it's got to be hard when your partner is like so emotionally tangled up in this thing, but you know, it's like bad for them, but you can't just be like, fuck your mom. You know, right. you have to be nice about it, even right. though you like know it's like a bad situation. Right. Nat goes into the kitchen and yells that they ran out of forks. Richie tells Carmi to say hi to Claire and Carmi's being weird. He says, eventually. Um, and, you know, Carmi's being, as Richie will tell him later, he's being such a little bitch. You know, it's like, he's like, he just can't handle emotions at all. So, of course, he, like, blames this woman he's dating for his mm -hmm. emotions when, I mean, 
it might be true that he is like not in a place where he is ready to date. That might be true. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still really acting like, oh, this it's, it's so terrible that I dated Claire. I know. <laughs> and like, this is, this is, yeah, it, it's like, it sucks because yeah, she's like, you know, the manic p- pixie girl a little bit, but like she had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Like she's just like, also just like well-adjusted. She like likes hanging out with Carmi. She's like nice to him. She seems like to not be suffocating him. It's like not, it's not her fault that he has no boundaries. Right. You know, it's like, it's all this stuff where he has these issues and he's instead of like seeing that he has issues, he's like blaming Claire for bringing out his issues kind of, you know, Um, which I guess is like realistic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I feel like Carmi, it's like everything is going well, mm-hmm. but he's like, so, has so much self-loathing. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like he like, he goes around in pity for himself. You yeah. know what I mean? He can't, he can't accept that things are good. Yes. And like, he needs it to be, and even if something, if something goes wrong, he can't just deal with it. He's like, he has to be like, I'm the worst piece of shit in the world. You right. know, he, he, like, yes, he should have called the fridge guy, but yeah. like, he doesn't have to make it this whole thing about like, who he is and why he can never be happy because he didn't call the fridge. Right. <laughs> um, but we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Marcus yells at Sid and says he's ignoring him because she's mad at him. Mm-hmm. Carmi breaks up the fight. I don't even remember why Sid was mad at Marcus. Um, I know that happened in the last episode. They got into like a tiff over something small, right? But I don't oh, even remember. Oh, because he was like, because he asked her out. Oh, and, yeah, yes. yeah. And and like, yeah, and she was, she thought she was being weird about it. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, she was being weird about it. She's um, fucking weird. Like, <laughs> oh, and by the way, um, I saw Bottoms this weekend. Ugh, so jealous with our girl, Sid. She's mm-hmm. so good. So she good. did a great job playing an 18-year-old lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> um, I looked up her real age. She's 27, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's like, in I feel like in the bear, she plays like 27. Yeah. But she did a great job playing high school. Um, she was awesome. Um, she was like very good at being like um, hot mask. She was like the mask uh-huh. one uh-huh. In, of the lesbians and she was wearing like menswear, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> When nice. we left the movie, uh, Spencer was like, all of her outfits I would have worn. Like they were, <laughs> I related nice. more to the other lesbian. I yeah. thought I she she had like seventies crop tops. Yeah, Rachel Sen Sen. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Yeah, Senate Sen, Seno whatever. But yeah. she she was good. Yeah. Um. So um. But it's so funny because like I feel like. <laughs> Even though the bear is like a very popular show, since we recap it, I feel like I see Sid and I'm like, oh yeah, like that's my girl, you know, <laughs> like, like, like I feel like we have a relationship or something, like you know, we're coworkers, but <laughs> she's just like a celebrity. Anyway, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So Sid asks back to check on her dad, but then Richie is telling Fact to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um. Carmi goes and like serves this like tea course to Claire. Like, come on, Carmi. Like, what are you doing? I know. He's just like trying to go through the motions of being a good guy. This is like, I mean, 
you know that meme that goes around all the time that's like I can't watch the bear because I'm like actively working in therapy and trying not to date guys that look like this. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's like not the guys that look like Carmi. It's like this whole thing of like, I'm such the, the thing that I like never want to encounter again in my life is this like Carmi thing of like, I'm such a good guy and I'm doing all the good guy things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to be mean to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's for my mental health that I'm mean to you. You know, like <laughs> that's like what triggers me. You know, yeah, it's just totally. like the love oh, bombing no, and then the. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, we love Carmi. I'm not mad at him, but you know what I mean. Um, totally. And I am mad at him, but, you know, I love him. So <laughs> yeah. um, Sid is telling Tina to recook something. Carmi tells Sid to refire something. He's yelling. They're getting pissed. Um, all the timers are going off in the kitchen, which is reminiscent of the Christmas egg timer. You know, okay. it's like you hear all these timers going off. Um, Carmi and Sid do their little chest rub thing they do and they apologize, or like calm each other down by rubbing their chest. Mm-hmm. And then we get the um the, the big scene from uh Clerks the Animated Series where Carmi gets stuck in the walk-in. <laughs> It's like it's such a classic sitcom moment, you know? <laughs> he has the flashbacks to his childhood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Carmi gets stuck in the... We knew the whole time when he wasn't calling the fridge person, something was going to happen with the fridge. Of course. So he gets stuck in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Richie comes in to the kitchen, says it's getting loud, and Sid is just like, Carmi stuck in the, fr- in the fridge. And... Um, Sid tells everyone to pause. She's looking at the tickets they're printing out. And then mm-hmm. I love this little touch where on the printer it just starts saying fuck, 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 yeah. fuck. And, like, <laughs> um, and they're trying to figure out who's gonna do what. And then Richie says he's gonna expedite. Uh-huh. Sid nods. Um, Carmi is screaming from the freezer. And I love this where Carmi's screaming in his personal hell. Yeah. And everyone's just like ignoring him and is like, we got to do the service, you know? Right. Um, and he's having the images of Joel McHale. Mm-hmm. There's a guy in the restaurant he thinks looks like Joel McHale. And yeah. he's like, oh, no, he's here. Yeah. Um, and Sid says, okay, Richie. Richie's like, oh, my God. And then he, like, has this little, like, you know, like, that, like, Jedi moment where he, like, sees the room clearly. And he's like, I can do it. It's like that moment of like, this is what I've been training for, you know? Um, And he's doing it. He's yelling out. um, The food looks great. Mm -hmm. Um, I kept thinking, though, like, what? Like, they don't need anything from the walk-in? Like, Mm -hmm. wouldn't there be things in there they might need? Or or do they already? Like, there's no way that they did enough prep that they wouldn't need to, like, at least replenish a little bit in the walk-in. Yeah, or even just like, wouldn't that be where they would even like just like things they need to keep cold until they right. need them or something? But right. whatever, it's the magic of TV. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's just Carmi in there and he's like pacing, he's freaking out, he's having all these flashbacks, he's yelling. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Nat uh, says, Is Carmi doing okay? And Carmi screams from the fridge, No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then Fack has to do the front of the house because Richie is being expediting and Richie pep talks him and says, uh, don't, and he's, he says, don't be scared chef. Um, <laughs> that's a very sweet moment. Fack, it's his big moment. Yeah. And yeah, and they're doing it. It's like going well. Carmi is pissed. 
Richie and Sid are like in their element going back and forth. Carmi's having these flashbacks of Joel McHale and Mikey and everything. Um, but they're in, but when they go into the restaurant again, magnetic fields are playing, mm-hmm. which is like my favorite, but uh, also again, weird. Um, <laughs> and everyone is like happy. It's mm-hmm. like going well. Petey hugs Fack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get probably the biggest scene of the whole see of the whole uh, episode mm-hmm. is the big Petey and Donna scene. Yes. Um, Donna is outside smoking and Petey's like freaking out. He wants to protect Nat. Um, and Donna is like, uh, it's like, Pete's like, yeah, this, this, he's a sweet, mild guy. He's not part of the drama. He's like trying to like, to help. And Donna's telling him, don't tell Nat that she's like, don't tell them that I'm out here. Um, Pete says, Nat's so pumped to see you. It'll be fun. <laughs> and that's just like sweet Pete. You know, it's yeah, like no one. It's like just trying to like be nice. No, no one thinks it'll be fun for no. Donna to be there, you know? Um, and Donna says, I can't take it. Pete asks what she means. And Donna says she loves him so much and she can't show it or say she's sorry. Um, and she doesn't deserve it. So you can see like she's in all this pain, but she has like no skills to cope. Um, and I guess this is kind of like Carmi, right? Where it's like he loves Claire so much, but he can't show it or say he's sorry, right? Like it's like the same dynamics that Carmi's playing out, right? So also, but I had a little bit uh I feel like she was putting on a bit of a show in the same way that Carmi puts on shows. Oh you know, yeah, the woe totally. is me thing. Yeah. And I mean, I think she believes it, you know, Mm -hmm. but also she also like probably, yeah, like she like wants Pete to like be on her side, you know? Yeah. And it's weird for her not to be the center of attention. Yes. Totally. In this particular moment. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, she's begging Pete to tell her. Oh, yeah. So actually, I skipped part. Pete accidentally tells Donna about the baby. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know. Um, and there's no way that Pete could have known she didn't know if Nat didn't tell him, you know? Right. Um, but obviously that doesn't help. And he is begging her to go in and she says that he's sweet, but no. And she's begging him to tell her it's okay not to come, which is the most manipulative shit. Oh, it's my God. like, that's like, don't put Pete. And like, Pete is like tortured. <laughs> I know this poor guy. Because he doesn't want to like, he wants to like be nice to his mother-in-law and he, right. he doesn't want to upset his wife. It's terrible. And he just accidentally told his wife's crazy mother-in-law that they're having a baby. Uh, um, I saw a great meme <laughs> where it was like a, a picture of Richie and Pete. And it was like, you know, like Richie thinks he saved the opening who actually saved the opening was Pete, you know? Yeah. He's like the real hero of the episode, you know? Ah, yeah. I love him. Um, so they do, they said they had five minutes. I don't really understand why they had five minutes to do that. Cause they had to like get everything moving in that amount of time or whatever with, with Richie expediting. Remember they had yeah. this five minute countdown. I didn't understand. I think my only thing was that like they wanted it to feel like the flow wasn't interrupted. Okay. So they had to get all that out in five minutes, like catch up to where they were before or something. That's, that was my only thinking on it. Yeah. So um, I guess that's probably right. Cause you know, every second counts. Um, yeah. <laughs> so after they do it and they do all the stuff in five minutes and after the clock 
uh, clicks down. Richie says, fuck you and celebrates. Um, <laughs> and Carmi is just staring at all the vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus goes out back and he sees a new chef smoking meth. <laughs> and I was sh- waiting for that to happen because I was like, that guy is such a tweaker. I know when they said he was missing, it's like, okay. And then he says, a little helps you work, <laughs> which I found very relatable from my, uh, you know, when you, when well, you feel that way, you know? Yeah. Um, and then when, so then they're back at the restaurant, Pete is crying um, Marcus tells the meth chef <laughs> that he needs to fire him, but he says he needs to check. And the guy is so shocked, which is so funny. <laughs> He's like, Are you serious? <laughs> he literally catches him with his like meth pipe in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> and he was gone for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I know, exactly. It wasn't like he just like stepped outside, did a little bump and came back, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's the responsible way to do drugs at work. Or, right, exactly. Or, or I guess the most responsible way to be like, take a slow release Adderall, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Pete tells Nat not to hold it against her, uh, not to hold it, uh, oh, against Donna for not showing up. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, he does not tell that Donna was there. Um, Marcus tells Sid about the meth guy and that really like uh, connects them together makes they make up and pete is sobbing um Mm -hmm. pete's like and like he doesn't tell nat why he's sobbing he's just like crying and and this is what i feel like for what i keep saying is that like he just can't handle the burzato drama you know it's just like for everyone else it's like so normal part of their life and they just like slowly let it kill them where to pete he's like this is a lot (laughs) (laughs) he's like i'm just a, a normal guy i'm trying to have a baby here right and like it really, I think we we forget it sometimes because, um, like, Nat was not like the, in the beginning of the first season. You know that she's like staying away from the family. Yes, you know, like trying to avoid them as much as possible. And and you really feel it that she was like not just protecting herself but protecting Pete. Uh huh. Yeah. No. Exactly. And it's just like I don't know. It's like I think that's like such a classic thing with like people in these toxic uh, family relationships, where it's like you stay away, but then you really you get dragged back. It's like it's like this like this like tug of war, you know? Yeah. Um. Okay. So <laughs> there's so much in this episode. So Tina is talking to Carmi through the fridge, and she says, "Jeffrey, are you okay?" And I love it when she calls him that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Carmi asked her when they started ordering Heinz mustard instead of French's. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, oh no, I did this to myself. And this is when he really starts, you know, concocting this idea in his brain about how he's terrible and it's Claire's fault that he's terrible. Um, or, you know, hit Claire's or he blames Claire for giving him this reason to be terrible or whatever. Right. Um, they give a special dessert to Cicero. It's a chocolate banana and he's crying. Is this a callback that I don't remember? So we had to look this up afterward. It is. Okay. So in the Christmas episode, he tells a story about driving past the chocolate banana factory. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then it was like a gut wrenching, like it's like a, like a very strong feeling it gave him, you know? Uh Okay. So it's like, that's, you know, they're like trying to tug at his heartstrings. Yeah. Um, And, you know, he, uh, he's crying about it. Um, 
Carmi um, says to Tina that he's in the fridge because he didn't have reception when Tony called. And he says he failed them. Um, Fact tells Claire that she can't go back and see Carmi. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Carmi says to Tina, it's not going to happen again about failing them. Um, and then uh, they tell Claire that <laughs> the, the facts tell Claire that Carmi's stuck in the fridge and the non, the other fact, not our fact, mm-hmm. the other fact says the little pimp is cooked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Claire is like freaking out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and at this time when like uh, Claire's like so upset that Carmi's in the fridge is when Sid starts puking. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was really cute. I know. See, I, I couldn't tell. I thought that maybe like she like, I thought it was going to be maybe something where she like the, like the thing she was drinking was like spiked by the other chef or something. But I think it was just like her like Pepto tum stomach. Right. Just like finally catching up with her. Right. Yeah, because she she said in another episode like that she was going to puke 40 times. Yes. When Marcus yeah. asked her out, he said, what are you doing after yeah. work? And she said, puking 40 times. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, this is what she's puking 40 times. Um, when Claire's run into the back, the other the other fact starts hitting on Claire's friend, which I was obsessed with. And he says he likes her barrette. And she <laughs> yeah. says, it's from France. <laughs> Do you think that this is a Sopranos reference? Wait, what? What is it? Fr- <laughs> Do you remember when Tony wears a beret from France? <laughs> it's like, it's not a Sopranos reference. Um, they had a community reference in the last. You know? I know they have multiple community. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I, um, I looked it up and there's like a lot of threads on Reddit and stuff about the connections between the bear and community. But, um, <laughs> I have to link. I'm going to link in the show notes. I just put a note down. There's this. Uh, yes, there's an episode where Carmela, you know, Carmela goes to France and she brings back a beret for Tony. And then it's like the next episode. It's like a, it's like a Christmas episode or something. And she's yeah. like, Tony, don't forget. Um, don't forget. To, don't forget to wear that that gift I got you in France. And then oh, the yes. Next, okay. Now I'm in, in the next episode. In the next uh, scene, Tony's wearing a beret. <laughs> but there's this whole Reddit conspiracy theory. It's the funniest thing I've ever read. That's like about like what? <laughs> it's about like the significance of the beret. And I have just have to. It's like it's so funny. It's like. Uh, but part of the thing is that they say that, like, obviously the beret is something that Tony was just wearing because he wanted to. And Carmela got him something else in France. That's like. It's <laughs> <laughs> part of this conspiracy theory. Anyway, sorry, I'm laughing too much. But uh, I just love that when he says uh, she says it's for France. Because yeah. um, I have been known to wear a beret in the winter. Um, and Spencer will call it my French hat. <laughs> uh, okay, so Clark, Carmi is talking. He's blaming his fuck-ups on letting love into his life. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's better to be alone. He says, I don't need to provide any amusement or enjoyment or receive any amusement or enjoyment. And it's just too melodramatic. <laughs> For real. Also, like, if you're calling... It, it's bullshit because his, like... 
his whole thing is his calling is being a chef. Yeah. That's bringing pleasure. I know. So like, you're just being an idiot. I mean, I I get it. It's like when you have like these like attachment problems, which Mm -hmm. I have dealt with in the past, (laughs) (laughs) it is hard to like find like the balance of like being in love without losing yourself. It's hard, you know, because like you have this constant fear of abandonment and it's like all this stuff and it's like easier to push someone away than like, you know, all this stuff. So I get it. But also it's like, of course it's TV, but he's just so melodramatic about it, you know? (laughs) Um, And uh, so Claire is outside the the freezer, the side of the fridge this Mm -hmm. whole time. And he didn't know that. And she said, I'm sorry, you feel that way, Carm. And he's like, oh no. He's yeah. like, when Claire's there, he's like that uh that uh Pikachu shocked face, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he's like oh. <laughs> um and she walks away crying and um she sees Richie, she says, Thank you for everything, cousin, and kisses him on the cheek. Um, and she leaves, and Richie is pissed. He confronts Carmi and he's like, and uh they're fighting, and then Richie says. I'll get you. Carmen's like, get me the fuck out of here. And Rich says, I'll get you the fuck out of there, Donna. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> like the ultimate yep. diss. Yep. Um, but it's true. He is being like his mom, you know? Yeah. Uh, totally. He is, yeah, it's like, you know, remember on Christmas, she's like, I make everything so beautiful for everyone else and no one makes it beautiful for me. It's like, that's right. what he's being <laughs> like, you know? He's like, I'll make cook for everyone, but I can't have any happiness, you know? Um, yeah. And um, Richie says, why can't you let something good happen for once in your life? Um, uh, and Richie says, at least I have a kid. You don't have shit. Um, and Carmi tells Richie he's a leech. Um, and he's like, but you need me. He's like, no, you need me. Richie says, fuck you. I hope you freeze to death. And he leaves. Um, and, you know, like, yeah, like Richie went through all this, like, emotional cleansing and reckoning this season and like Carmi didn't do that yet. Mm-hmm. Carmi's having trouble. Um mm-hmm. and then Carmi takes out his phone and I was like, wait, he had like his phone and reception the whole time and he's just like <laughs> being a total dork. I know. And it's just like, well, why don't you call the guy to get you out of the fridge? Why are you making other people call the guy when you have your phone with reception in there? Um and uh, he listens to this voicemail from Claire. She's telling him that she had always had a massive crush on him and she's excited for him and she's proud of him. And mm-hmm. she loves him. Mm-hmm. He throws the phone. He's mm-hmm. like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, not love, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I only feel comfortable making fun of Carmi because I have my own childhood trauma <laughs> of course of course that's what that everybody does and he's okay. also you know a, a, an attractive white man who you know yeah, yeah. um and rem plays and there's so much rem this season and uh-huh. they're not even from chicago you know i feel oh, like yeah. that's a little bit it's a little heavy on the rem for them not yeah. being from chicago i mean i love yeah. rem i'm not trying to i talk love rem too i i feel like in general um the music choices were very like it was like an elder millennial early gen x music yes. supervisor very clearly yeah. you know <laughs> and there was like some episodes where i feel like it really worked and then some mm-hmm. see that's the thing i kind of didn't like about the season is like 
there was a couple of episodes where I felt like the music was like very like a concept. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the time, it just seemed like random stuff that like a Gen X guy likes, you know? Right, right. So that's exactly. why it was like, I feel like it should be one or the other kind of, you know? Yeah. Um, like if you're going to make it like so thematic, like I feel like it should be more consistent. But that's right. my little, uh, that's me being very picky. Um <laughs> But I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have an entire replacements episode and then like. Exactly. Like that was so cool, you know, and there's mm-hmm. like, I feel like there's some other really good musical moments throughout mm-hmm. the series, but like, yeah, it should be, I feel like it'd be cool if it was more thematic throughout, if you're going to do it yeah. at that time. Um, so um, the guy comes to let Carmi out. Sid is still barfing. Her dad's runs up to her, if she's okay. And he says the food was incredible and it's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Marcus hangs up a sign and we see his phone and there's a bunch of missed calls from his mom's nurse. Oh no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it seems like his mom is dead or, you know, about to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then it ends with Carmi thinking about Claire in the fridge. Yeah. Um, so I found this very interesting because, sorry, and then we'll, then you, <laughs> then you can, you can say something and I'll shut up. <laughs> but like, Sid's storyline, besides like whatever is going on with her and Marcus, got like wrapped up, right? It's yeah. like she had like this like button on hers, you know? And like right. to, to some extent, like Richie did too, where it's just right. like, I mean, he's in a fight with Carmi, but in general, it's like he found his purpose. He was, you know, the uh the bionic man at the opening, you know, whatever. And then with Carmi and Marcus, there's like these like huge question marks. You know, so I mm-hmm. I, I like that it wasn't just like a big disaster for everybody. I liked that it. it was like varied, you know, like some things were like a satisfying ending and like some things were like, you know, there were some cliffhangers. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it was interesting the way they did that. And um, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Carmi and Claire. What do you think? I mean, I think what he said was not um, terrible. Yeah. Like in the grand scheme of things, he wasn't like Claire sucks ass. Like, fuck her, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it was all very like, woe is me. Not very like targeted. Um, so yeah, I think they're probably going to work it out or, you know, I think so. What do you think? He he didn't say about her. This girl's the nastiest skank bitch I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> do not trust her. She's a fugly slut. That's the yeah. he said about her. <laughs> Sorry, I needed to. I need to Google that to get it correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they'll work it out. But also, like, I wonder if like Claire is like, you know, I wonder if she's gonna want to, you know, if like she, yeah. you know, just because like obviously like he has like. I mean, Carmi has like work to do, you know? Um, yeah. And that's the kind of thing I like about this show is that they're like, they're like kind of honest about trauma. You know, I feel like on some shows, it's like I had this trauma and then I thought about it once and then it was gone, you know? Right. Or on this show, it's like Carmi's got like serious trauma and like it's not going to like, like just dating Claire is not going to make it okay, you know? Right. Um, right. Or just having a successful restaurant is not going to make it okay. So, I mean, I wonder, you know, what they're going to do um, about it. But great season. I mean, yes. I don't know. Do you think we'll ever get another one? <laughs> I hope so. You know, he'll go to a couple more Al Anon meetings, maybe. Yeah. Well, he, I think he needs like, he needs like uh, the, uh, he needs like EMDR trauma therapy. Mm-hmm. He needs, mm-hmm. yeah, he needs to go to 
ACOA instead of Al Anon, mm-hmm. in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that's like my my season three plot is like he's at an Al-Anon meeting and someone like approaches him and he's like well you know there's this other fellowship that might help you a little more yeah. <laughs> and he starts making like the donuts and cookies for the meetings and stuff oh and that like- would be great that'd be great <laughs> and then like yeah he has like um an ill-advised uh affair with uh a woman he meets there and it's a big disaster. Totally. Um, but yeah, totally. I mean, see, it's so funny because as far as like the writer strike, I'm like, they of course could never cancel one of the shows that I like. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm like, of course everyone loves the bear, you know? And I think that they do, but also like I have like a, my sample size is, like messed up, you know? Cause it's like yeah. who I talk to. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, and I'm also excited for what we're speaking of baking the donuts and the cookies. I'm excited about what we're going to do next. Great British Bake Off. Yes. So our editor, Jesse, asked us, he said, is is Great British Bake Off different from Great British Baking Show? And it was my understanding that Bake Off is the BBC title and Baking yeah. Show is the American Netflix title, right? Right. It was like some legalese agreement for okay. when... They brought it to Netflix. Well, I thought maybe yeah. they just thought that um, the Americans would understand what a bake-off is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we only understand, you know, like spring baking championship uh, hosted yeah. by Jesse Palmer of The Bachelor, you know? <laughs> right. Um, but no, okay, so that makes sense. So that's what I thought. And I'm really excited. It has an official release date. It's coming out. Yeah. I think the first episode is September 16th. Yeah. So that's soon. So... Um, next week we will do an interview, hopefully, hopefully. And then after that, we'll be ready for a uh, bake off. Yeah. I'm really excited. New host. Yes. Um, I don't really know her, but she has to be better than the old host. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to be a, a hateful pod, but, um, I don't think anyone really liked him very much. I like him in like when he plays characters, I do not right. like him as a host, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So, yeah. And I mean, I just want to bring back whatever. What are their names? Pam and Sue or whatever. Yeah. Sue had there was an article where uh, Sue talks about like how kind of fucked it was. Yes, I read that. And yeah. Yeah. What what is it? Sue and who? Sue and. Yeah. Pam and Sue. Right. Um, I don't think so. Because I can't find anything. Um, okay. Original hosts. GBBO. Sue and Mel. Mel, 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 Mel. Um, just the way that they would always say, ready, set, bake, in like the most like sing-song voice ever. It was just amazing. <laughs> um, and um, there's, so there's two shows uh, uh, with them. One, I mean, not together, but... Um, Sue had this show, I think I've talked, maybe I talked about it on the podcast, where Sue and this other writer, researcher, comedian, um, they would pick a theme, like a, a period of time of the week, and they would completely eat and live and dress like this period, and they would get a doctor's appointment, you know, blood work done before and then blood work done after and like to show oh, cool. like what, yeah. like 
it was a very cool show and I forget what it's called, but, um, do you do the links? I do the links. Yeah. I do the links. (laughs) (laughs) I'll send you the the link to that show. It's really good. Okay. And then Richard Iowade from the IT crowd has a travel show. Ooh. The Sue episode, he has Sue on and it is, or he has Mel on and it's delightful. Okay, awesome. Yeah. I will have to look it up. Um, But yeah, so I'm looking forward to that and hopefully people will like it. It'll be a totally different situation. And I feel like that like, I definitely know less about Great British Baking Show than I know about the other shows. And I feel like that's kind of what's fun about it. Like I like Mm -hmm. that it's like, you know, it has that... uh, that British weirdness, you know, which um, yeah. I, it, like, I like that it makes Britain feel like a foreign country, you know, yeah. like where sometimes you don't think about it that way. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've seen every season, but you know what I mean? Right. Like they just the traditions and like the, what they call things. And yeah. And I'm also just not a very good baker. Like, I just think Same. it's like very impressive that they just like all like know how to do, I know that they practice and everything, but still like, that these people just like, or like, you know, sometimes like they say like, make this thing. And they're like, oh, well, I've made hundreds of these before, you know? Right. <laughs> like, right. Oh my God. <laughs> um, that's just like what they do. Yeah. Especially like the parents who come on the show and they're like, yeah, I laminate all the yes croissants that I make at home. And I'm like, I know. Ow. I know. And I love like, I feel like there was a while in the middle of the show where it was like, seemed like it was like more like millennials and stuff mm-hmm. and like Gen Z. And I was getting a little annoyed by that because like my favorite people are when it's like the actual grandmas or right. just like the random construction worker. Yeah. Like I don't want it to be. And I mean, the young people are cool too, but I don't want it to be like, baking influencers it's like cool when it's just like the people that like actually have just been baking their whole lives you know and it's like everyone at the office says they love my tarts you know (laughs) yeah like there was i forget which season it was but there was a woman who like off the straight off the bat used margarine for her first bake oh my god and she was like i'm not changing it this is what i'm doing and she actually like they were actually like oh this is awesome you know she's done it a million times she was like this is the thing um but yeah so i'm looking forward to that um but um what did you have for dinner debbie (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) no don't be sorry i just uh i did not do the good transition because you know it's it's late for us now yeah um i made um i just kind of like whipped together i wouldn't say whipped together it took me a little bit but i i i kind of threw together a chili that john likes that I make and I made a cilantro lime rice. Ooh. I'm a, like, if I could put lime and cilantro in any, everything I would. Um, so yeah. Uh, and I made it with impossible burger meat because oh, cool. we're, we're trying not to eat meat at home. And then, um, and I roasted my tomatillos and my chili pepper on the stove. Well, and uh, Debbie's husband, John, sent me a video for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> he was very excited. He's like, wow. <laughs> it was. It looked great. I mean, I you see them do it on Chopped all the time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Um, uh, so I did, I kind of, I mean, it wasn't exactly the same, but I made something similar tonight. I did a, um, I made like a made at home version of like a hamburger helper. Amazing. So like 
Yeah. Like, um, I was talking to Spencer about this. Like when I was a kid, I like would see hamburger helper commercials and be like, I want that so bad. Um, And my mom would not make it. And I think like as an adult, I was like bought it once and it's like bad. (laughs) (laughs) Like it tastes, I'm not opposed to convenience food, but it like tastes like chemicals. I feel like when you buy it. So this recipe was like very easy. I did Uh with ground Turkey from the farmer's market. um, And it's just like onion, the turkey, and then you um, put in like tomato paste, uh, beef broth, and like some like, you know, garlic powder, chili powder, stuff like that. And then you like bake the, uh, then you put, you cook the macaroni in the broth. Ooh, nice. So uh-huh. it like was like a one pot meal, which is great. Awesome. Um, and then you put in the cheese last and it tasted amazing. Right. Um, and I also made a salad, um, but nice. so here is like classic toddler. So like, I feel like hamburger helper is like, it's like macaroni and cheese with like meat in it. It's like right. very toddler friendly. Sheena had like one bite of it. She didn't like dislike it. She had like one bite mm-hmm. and like mostly she just picked out craisins and croutons from the salad. <laughs> <That was like, laughs> and she kept asking for more craisins and croutons. Mm, I get it. Um, but she didn't want to eat the lettuce, you know, she mm. was just like, so I was like, good, serve myself some salad and be like, here's a couple of craisins. Yeah. <laughs> So I feel like, you know, like classic toddler, you can make like a very toddler friendly recipe and they're like not into it. Oh, all the time. Did all your kids time. like your chili? Um, Otis like picked out the avocado that I cut up oh, for yeah. it out of it. He he's usually he usually likes this meal, but he didn't. Charlie, I've I know this is bad, but I've been making him his own thing lately. I mean, it's not bad. It's like, I feel like, you know, it's whatever, whatever, uh, if you have the uh, patience to do that, you know? I mean, by making his own thing, I mean, putting chicken nuggets in the microwave. Yeah. I mean, Um, uh, I feel like that that's not, I mean, everyone would love their kid to eat exactly what they eat all the time, but that's not very realistic. Like for Sheena, like I always like put like, you know, like a safe food on her plate or whatever, you know, like I'm always like put a circle cheese or something on her plate with whatever else we give her. Um, But yeah, so. Yeah, Yeah, it's Charlie's in a, it has to be a monochrome meal Uh for us. He won't eat it right now. So which drives me fucking crazy, but what can he do? Um, and it actually funny, the hamburger helper thing just from just like flashed me back 20 years. So when I went, this is TMI maybe for moms of flavor town, but I went to, when I went to get my abortion, um, 20 years ago, uh, my ex-boyfriend, my boyfriend at the time, he was like, Oh, I'll, I'll make you food. What do you want? Blah, blah, blah. And for some reason it was the same thing. My mom never cooked hamburger helper, but I was like, in that moment, I was like, I really want hamburger helper. I never had it before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought it would be like a comforting yeah. meal because I was like recovering from a procedure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was like so gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What did I, why did I pick this? Well, the the recipe dupe is incredibly easy. I mean, I guess you have to buy a couple more things, but it definitely was not hard to make at all. Um, so, uh, let that be a lesson to anyone else who needs to recover from any sort of procedure. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, I love beefy 
pasta, you know? Yeah. So it's awesome. Um, okay. Well, is there anything else you need to say? <laughs> I always feel like I'm like challenging you, you know. <laughs> well, it's somebody I, you know, the the opening intros that we're starting to do when when you threw it to me, and I was just like, I couldn't think of anything to say. So I was like, uh, well, I'm not the, person, but I will have a more interesting fact. Oh yeah, I mean, I feel like <laughs> we can just say whatever. It's just so people can hear our voices. And also, if you're listening to us right now, why don't you give us a five-star review on, um, you know, any platform but Apple um, Apple Podcasts, I guess. Um, and, uh, you know, follow us at Moms of Flavortown. We have very good memes. Yes. We're getting some more engagement over there lately. So, uh, Actually, I had a couple of friends who were like, wait, you, you guys are Moms of Flavortown? I was awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and it's also yeah. a podcast. It's not... <laughs> That's my whole plan is make people think it's just a meme page. Then be like, by the way, it's a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, uh, but but, uh, for now, why don't we just uh, say that it's time for us to pack our knives knives and go. go. Bye. (laughs) Good night. I go around looking over my shoulder. You never know in a town as small as this.